Hello and welcome back to Yemoja Speaks Podcast with your host, Shalonda. Hey there. Hopefully you are feeling good. So we are back with another podcast to discuss, of course, trauma in the way of healing ourselves in the active form. So how can we talk about situations that might, you know, we've experienced trauma And then after that trauma occurred, now we deal or suffer from a ton of other things related to that traumatic event that happened in our lives. So I pull from my experience being in foster care. So a lot of the the topics that we discuss is related to my story and my journey throughout foster care. However, we are going to expand Um, eventually in the next coming of months as well as next year into more topics that can be broader for more people and then we're going to also host interviews as well as different segments we're going to segment this podcast into different topics so every couple of days we're going to have like this whole schedule but I'm going to bring in someone that I know personally who is developing her own um, nonprofit and is really getting her feet off the ground doing something really amazing in the community so next year we're going to do so much better with the podcast so let's jump right into it This podcast is sponsored by Yamojis Media, a social media management and marketing company for those who want to have digital marketing strategies in place in order to be connecting with their ideal customers online. If you are wondering how you can get all of your products or your service in front of your ideal customers, Yamojis Media is the company for you. If you're struggling with consistent posting of your content or content ideas, this company is right for you. And they help you strategically map out how to move your content in front of your ideal customers, as well as building strategies to ensure that your content is of value and that your ideal customers are actually seeing it. Behind the scenes, your Mojis Media help you to build your brand online. They deal with a lot of editing of videos as well as photos so if you are interested in leveling up your social media strategies as well as your brand online look into the description box and click on the link to book your consultation with Yamojis media today let's get back Okay, so within this podcast, I want to discuss depression. I was watching a TV show and it mentioned how this boy, uh, this young man, was in college and things started to like spiral out of his control and it was leading him down a slippery slope into depression and he really wasn't noticing 
how far he has sunken. And so I wanted to discuss this podcast because the previous ones I discussed my mental breakdown. But before you even have a mental breakdown and feel overwhelmed and overstressed, you have phases that you tend to go through. And I believe that I was depressed. And I remember when I was in my counseling session and I want to say my junior to senior year, I had a wonderful therapist and I looked at her and I told her like, I don't even know if I want to utter these words because culturally as a black woman, we're not taught to really come forward with our emotions. And so culturally, I withheld my emotions and I never uttered the word, even though I might have felt something, I've never uttered, I'm depressed. And that that telling myself and telling her and like hearing this out loud for the first time when I was what, like 19, no, I had to be a little bit older. Let's say 21, right? <laughs> I got to be older than 19. So let's say I'm about 21. And that's the very first time that I have ever mentioned me being depressed. And when I opened my mouth to say these words, I felt a sudden relief. But just because you recognize it does not mean that now you're healed. So let's briefly discuss um, like the definition of what depression is and then what are some common ways that it plays out and affects us and some of the things that I have done in my journey that has helped me because even though I was in college and I felt depressed, I still struggle, I believe, now with depression is just a little different. So the definition of depression is a common and serious mental illness that negatively affects us and how we feel. It's the way that we think, it's the way that we act, and it causes us to feel this overwhelming amount of sadness. It's not just, I'm sad for a day, it's a continuation of sadness and disengagement of what you used to love to do. You're disinterested in a lot of the activities that you once enjoyed. It also deals with a variety of emotional and physical problems, right? And it can also decrease the ability to function on your daily um, activity, right? Your daily routine. It can include um, messing up your work routine or your home duties. And there is a lot of different symptoms from mild to severe and so let's break it down slowly feeling sad or really in a depressed state where you're you're not feeling your best and as you continue to think 
about all of the circumstances that may have happened to you, it places a sadness um, over you, right? You don't feel as confident. You don't feel good that particular day, right? But depression is going to linger. Another thing is the loss or the loss of interest or pleasure in activities that you once enjoyed. You have a change in your appetite. You might lose or gain weight depending on if you increase to feel comfort in food. So you're increasing what you're eating, but you're eating comfort foods, which might be more fatty foods, or you have a decrease in the appetite and you're going to lose weight. You're not going to eat as much. You have trouble sleeping or you're sleeping way too much you have a loss of energy and you have an increased um, feeling of fatigue you have an increase of purposeless physical activity inability to sit still maybe pacing maybe your handwriting has changed Speaking to people um, have changed. You might be disinterested in speaking to people. You don't want to take... Okay, so it might get a little loud because my cat, Mix, is coming in here to bother me. She keeps opening up the door and closing it back. So let's try to get through this. Um... Oh, you have a feeling of worthlessness or guilt, difficulty with thinking, concentrating, making decisions. Um, the more extreme ones are difficulty in, oh, not difficulty, um, the thoughts or feeling of like wanting to end your life or not be here anymore. Those are some of the more severe cases of depression when it's not dealt with and the overwhelmingly overwhelming feeling of thinking like you don't have purpose and your life is meaningless. That's the more extreme thought of depression. So it also says that the symptoms may last two weeks or it can be a progressed time span that can last months or years if not checked. So some facts about depression is that 15 adults, 6.7 may deal or suffer with depression in a given year. One in six people, which is 16.6%, will experience depression at one time or another in their life on average. And the first appears in the late teens to mid-20s. Women are more likely than men to experience depression, which I have to kind of counter that because men do not admit to feeling their emotions they disconnect from their emotions so it's underreported how many men are actually experiencing depression so let's erase that one um 
because the statistics of how many men take their life is significantly higher than women. And if you go back to what I previously stated, the severe thoughts of committing suicide or taking your own life into your own hands and to that extreme, it means that you have gone through stages of depression. Um, So let's continue with some more facts and then I can talk more. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to really think about if I should be completely transparent. I know that some um, social media platforms do not like certain words to be said. And so I don't know if me saying certain words might trigger people. And so I'm just going to kind of go with it, but I might say certain words that may make you feel uncomfortable. And since this is the beginning of the podcast, if certain words or details might be too graphic, uh, this is the point where you might want to stop just because I do not want anyone to be triggered. I don't want me to say anything that's inappropriate for a person and they cannot handle it. So All right, let me continue. It says about a third of women will experience major depression. That's more on the severe side of depression where you really feel guilty about the choices that you've made. You really see no purpose with your life. And at this point, you think that it's better for you not to be here than for you to be here. And also a high degree of it's a high chance that is hereditary. So depression running into running in your family, right? Relatives Maybe your mom, your dad, your sister, right? It's something that gets passed along. I don't, I want to argue that as well. I do. I want to argue that fact um, and look more into it because I find that very interesting. Um, a lot of things that we say is genetic or hereditary usually is taught. And I don't say I, I don't want to say that depression is taught. It's just how we deal with our emotions that's passed down. So I will lead into some examples once I get into um, my own experience and what I am teaching, basically subconsciously teaching my kids and how to deal with their emotions and what to do when dealing with their emotions. So let's continue. Um. That's all of my notes that I'm going to say right there, right? But I will say that I read a few different articles to refresh myself about depression and how there are different factors, different risks. There are um, things that is chemically imbalanced within us, in our minds, that make us susceptible and prone to 
feeling certain ways, right? They also say that genetics um, can also play a role. So there's there's a lot of factors to include personality, um, how you feel about yourself, how you handle or deal with stress, how you deal with circumstances that might pop up, life events, and then environmental factors, right? Where are you located? Who's in your immediate circle? Who can you vent to? Who do you talk to? Are they positive or negatively impacting you? So there's a lot of factors that play a role in why a person might feel depression and how long a person might feel depressed for. Because I also seen a post, a friend of mine had posted something on Facebook and I am super excited that she posted this because she revealed that she has amazing things that's going on right now. Positive, great purposeful things happening in her life and on the opposite side of that she still feels detached she still have a feeling of being worthless and not good enough not striving hard enough not emotionally stable so all these factors then even though she has something that's really amazing she still have all of these thoughts that disconnects her from her reality, right? Disconnects her from all of the great things because she still has internal work that she has to do, right? So that is essentially what depression is. If I'm looking at her story and I'm reading all of the amazing things that she's doing, but she doesn't have an interest or she's disconnected from it I would ask her about the levels of emotions that she has throughout a day what's the what's the spectrum of her emotions as she conduct her business her routine every single day because there may be underlining emotional issues that she suffer from that's dealing and rooted in a traumatic experience that she once had. So I'll tell you what I have done. I've dealt with depression while I was in college. I didn't know how to term it until my counselor, no, she, she wasn't a counselor. She was a mentor. So I was studying to be a doctor a nurse. I was like climbing climbing up the ladder and I was studying to be a nurse and I had a doctor as a mentor and she basically was like, hey, you don't sound good. You know, and I mentioned this in previous episodes, but that was my initial, let's go to counseling um, to kind of work some things out. I don't know what it is, but some things need to be worked out. And I mentioned it at the beginning of this podcast that I told her and I uttered the words out loud for the very first time. And for me, that was difficult. And so I had to go over like, why am I depressed? I have all of these amazing things that I'm doing. I'm in college. 
Obviously, I work hard in my life to change the narrative, to change my story. I am the first that will graduate in my immediate family. I feel accomplished. Why don't I feel happy or satisfied with that? Why am I feeling disconnected? And I really had to go back and deal with, well, you were taken away from your family at a very young age. And as you were developing, the thought process of, well, my mom told me a a family that prays together stays together. And we prayed. So now as a 10-year-old child thinking about this, like do prayer work? And so at that point in my life, I was like questioning everything. So then me and my therapist in college went back to that 10-year-old girl and that 10-year-old ideology and what my thought process was because that was my initial trauma. And, And that's where I knew that my world had changed. Prior to this, I still felt like I had this really good life. Even though I, my family and I were homeless before getting into um, foster care, we still had our family dynamic. So when my mom continued to reiterate, a family that prays together stays together. Even when we were homeless, we were still together. So in my, my young adolescent mindset, since we were together in the shelter, it never seemed that bad. But the moment that I got split away from my siblings, taken into foster care, that's where the initial trauma began because we prayed, but we didn't stay. And I think for me, thinking as a true adult, being able to comprehend this, as a 10-year-old child, that is hard to understand. That is hard to grasp the concept of maybe that was a lie. Maybe it's not true. Well, what's supposed to happen now? And then carrying that thought and that ideology and that understanding of that situation with me all throughout my journey until I got into college, never addressing that issue. And then let's go through further my timeline of, okay, I, me and my two brothers were in his home. One of my brothers disrupted his placement. So he got moved out because there were so many things that was going wrong with his behavior. So he got removed from the home. So now my family dynamic is even ripping off even more. And then let's fast forward some more where my mom passed away and my brother now graduates high school and he moves out and I'm still stuck in this home. Now I'm by myself and the feeling and the thought, of course, I've gotten older. So my thought process has changed However, I gave little thought to it, but the feeling and the emotion of abandonment started to creep in, right? The first initial thought of me being abandoned 
might have came when I was five or seven or ten. But as my journey progressed, that feeling of not being wanted and wherever it started, it continued to grow, right? The thought of not being wanted, not being accepted, not being valued started to grow. And that thought ultimately shaped how I felt about myself internally, but then also how I shaped my reality as well. So then when I started to handle some of these things in college, I'm happy that I was able to express it, to really think about it. But there was a time where I could not pinpoint and understand. So I only sat in these emotions. I sat in the idea that no one wanted me. I sat in the idea that I was not good enough. And that is what led to my depression and ultimately to my breakdown sitting on the floor in my kitchen struggling to breathe because I was having a panic attack for being overwhelmed. Because as I'm dealing with all of the trauma that I experienced growing up and allowing those things to pile up, I'm still doing all of the necessary things that I need to do to be a college student. So when you think about depression, you have to think about you're still running your life. You're still in control of your daily activities. And the emotion and the trauma that you have is now piling itself up on itself, right? And it's so big, it's becoming so heavy that it weighs you down. And for me, while I was dealing with depression and not understanding why I was dealing with not having the words to describe what I was going through, what was happening, or what I was thinking about. I didn't have that understanding. And the only thing that I felt was the weight pulling me down. And my, my grades started to slip. I knew that I was overwhelmed, overworked. And I knew that something had to change. And that something for me was talking it out with a therapist, but I also had other activities and I found passion in poetry because poetry gave me a way of looking at my situation, my trauma, and to see it for what it is. That's where I was able to really understand what this trauma is, and what I can do about it to change it so that I didn't go to the extreme version of what depression is. The thoughts of being so guilty, so overwhelmed, so stressed that now I feel worthless inside and I'm so disconnected from myself that I would take the next step and take my own life. I never wanted to get to that point. So I decided to find passion and love for me through my poetry, through my own words. And then talking to someone. Oh, that is super heavy. 
Oh, that has... That was a lot that I had to really just take a second and breathe. Let's take a break. Okay, so this is going to be a little bit longer, but let's talk about my personality that helped me deal with depression because I was a high functioning depressed person like it took a lot this is why it really went unnoticeable for a very long time and I really didn't recognize what was going on when some symptoms of depression appeared but for me it was like uh, I gotta keep going like I gotta live my life I gotta graduate from college and I'm already three years in to a nursing degree or nursing, right? And now I'm about to switch into another field. Like I have to change. I need to pivot a little bit. And so my personality plays a huge role in in understanding my depression, but then also healing and dealing with it as well. So for me, um, I've mentioned this before that my brother taught me to push emotions down and not really deal with it not focus on it leave it alone you know really not even addressing it right so for me the personality of like eh, let me cry a few tears or whatever and wake up in the morning as if nothing happened continue to do what I need to do right forgive forget it's over, it's in the past, let's move on, let me do what I need to do, right? So I was also thinking to myself like how strong I was, how determined, persistent, and I really didn't see emotions being a problem. And of course, emotions are not a problem, it's a result of whatever issue, circumstance, experience that you may have had. Your emotions are the product of whatever that is, right? So it's not the problem. It's the result of it. But how you deal with that emotion either can be a problem for you or it can be a relief of whatever circumstance or issue or problem that you may have had in the past. So for me, I kind of really used my emotion to be so focused and so driven to accomplish what I needed to accomplish and pushing those symptoms out the way and not really putting a lot of focus on them really meant that I now had the time to get more work done and create a system where I really didn't think about my emotions because I was creating a system not to think about those things, but to focus more and study harder. Because like I told you, my grades, ooh, my grades were slipping because I was so spread thin, so stressed out. And my grades were being affected by the lack of focus that I put towards it. So I had to create a system of how 
I would study and what methods I would use, right? So I'm sitting in class and I'm taking a lot of classes, like seven classes at once. And I have a couple of jobs as a nursing assistant. And I believe that's when I also got the nurse, the RA resident assistant um, on campus. So people, they probably wouldn't have looked at me and was like, oh yeah, she's depressed because I didn't stay in that. I didn't stay in my dorm room. Okay. I was laughing. I was smiling. I was joyful. I was happy. But like I said, I am a high functioning depressed person or high functioning, um, nervous person. Right. So in certain situations, you would never guess that I have anxiety, right? You won't think because it, when I'm in a room full of people and it's a party, it's a different type of vibe that I might put out. However, I am really extremely, very extremely shy. I like interpersonal connections, interpersonal conversations. I like to get to know you on a one-on-one base. I do not like large groups. It makes me nervous. <laughs> I got to know you personally. Right. So I am one of these people that is like highly functioning where you can't really notice it. So I really do a good job at hiding it behind closed doors. Right. And you won't notice it until it actually starts to affect me to the point that I have to speak up. I have to tell you that, oh, I wasn't able to finish this whatever assignment or whatever job it was because all of these things that was happening for months, they were going on. And I didn't tell you that all of this was happening, right? Perfect example is that I was supposed to do a job for a person and I didn't tell them that I had a family member who was sick that I was I was there for. Um, I had a... I don't know. I think that was around a time. It was just a ton of stuff that happened this year, like the car accidents. Um, I had to deal with a sick relative, the funerals that has occurred. So there's a number of things that has happened. And I personally don't like to talk about my personal life. So I kept that away from a business interaction, I guess. That's how I would put it. But I would keep it away from certain people unless it starts to affect the job that I'm supposed to do for them because my mind is split in all of these different areas. I'm supposed to be a mom, a wife, a student, a business owner, you know, the list goes on and auntie, right? So it's all of these factors that I have to keep up with. And like I said, being a high functioning depressed person or a high nervous person, I need systems in place. And when those systems fail, then my world become chaotic. And that's when I really have to tell people, I'm drowning in the amount of work and emotional stress that I have. Because at that point, (laughs) I know that I'm leading downhill from there, right? But, But with depression, with depression, 
And if you have noticed that you ever got to a depressed state, you have to be able to recognize it. And for me personally, I know how to recognize it. My personality, I know when it's changed. I know that I like organization. I like to plan out um, my schedule because that lowers my anxiety. That lowers my my sadness, my guilt, my emotional state of like being disconnected, right? Because I feel like I have purpose. I feel like I am accomplished. I feel like I'm doing what I need to do. But when that's not together, ooh, when it's not together, when I'm not organized, I haven't written anything down I can spiral out of control extremely fast. And I start to notice that, and I'm looking at this right now, where um, my office, my office desk gets so messy because I have, you know, a pile for my house, a pile for my business, a pile for the kids. And I'm just like, okay, um, this is going to make me feel anxious right? So when I feel anxious, then I lead into this downward spiral. So when I recognize it, that's when I'm able to change it. So my personality is very very observant to recognize small things now to change it, to make sure that I'm like, catch it before it gets progressively worse. If you have the personality where you don't really observe it, can go unnoticed that you might be feeling sad and overwhelmed for two, three weeks and not really be able to address it because you haven't noticed it. Let's discuss now some treatment options because I'm starting to lead into my personality and how my personality kind of helped me stop um, me sinking into this very, very low state, right? But let's talk about some treatment options because I am leading down that path, right? So for me personally, I have, I have dealt with my depression and I still deal with my depression by journaling and making and sticking to a schedule, a routine, and really understanding like my purpose, right? So I write out my goals, I look over them, and I bring my emotions into this. Like, how do you feel when you see this, right? And so I kind of have a conversation with myself. And I do this at least a couple Um, I'm trying a little bit to increase it, but a couple of nights out of the week, I'll look at what and review my goals and review how I'm feeling can, you know, connect back to my purpose and what I'm doing. And then I like to look at all of the things that I have accomplished and the lessons that I've learned with the things that I made mistakes with, right? I have a book that I put together of my accomplishments and my mistakes. 
and I'll sometimes flip through this because I <laughs> okay now I'm about to put this out there I really have to look at this but I created a time capsule in 2016 with a friend of mine and I haven't accomplished everything on that so when I look at it I'm like oh wow how do I feel that I didn't accomplish it and I'll go through it like a little sad because you know my career means a lot to me and I don't feel like I'm where I would like to be but I'm on the path of where I I Okay, let me rephrase this. I'm not where I would like to be, but I'm exactly where I need to be, okay? So even though I can look at my time capsule sheet and, you know, explain what my five-year journey was supposed to look like, I also know and feel in my heart that I'm exactly where I need to be. And I'm doing exactly what I need to do and the growth that I have done up to this point is amazing but that don't work for everyone right um so I like to push healing through arts that's my thing I like to write poetry and that is a way for me to tell my story vividly with my words to someone who can be like, wow, that painted a picture in my head, right? Or someone else that can pick up a pen and draw and sketch a good image of like their transition and use vibrant colors. And it makes them feel a certain way because colors are connected to feelings as well. But, oh, I'm getting excited and ahead of myself, but there's other means to help a person um art therapy is huge art therapy can really help you to reflect and put you into a calming relaxing state so while i am performing i can bring those emotions in and then i can also transmute them into something completely different right i can feel sadness but then within a split second I can turn that sadness into joy right and that's the beauty of art you can interpret art much differently right and it's about perception so I like to push healing through the means of art art therapy however there are a ton of different ways to help a person deal with depression and it leads back into their personality what are the things that they like or enjoy because not everyone likes to write not everyone is good at drawing so not everyone is good at talking but i like to give you all of the ways that depression is treated and handled so it just kind of depends on what type of depression and of course you will have to talk to a trained professional who can diagnose you and what I recommend is definitely going to get diagnosed to talk to someone to get treatment Um, in any case having conversation or put on medication if that's the route that you want to take so let's get into it the first is medication for brain chemistry that might affect um, whoever it might affect that they might need um, antidepressants to 
balance out their brain chemistry and it's more so the uppers or the tranquilizers to kind of combat whatever feeling that you might have maybe you need to breathe your mood needs to be brought up some or you need to kind of calm down right just depending on what type of depression you have and that will of course be diagnosed by a specialist um, they also have psychotherapy, where it's the talk therapy, which is more so what I prefer for myself because I, of course, I have a podcast. I like to talk. <laughs> okay, and then this is for the mild depression. So, oh, let's go back up to the chemical. I believe the chemical uh, depression. Um, I'm not an expert at this. I just done the research for it. So when you have antidepressants, these are more um, mid to high levels of depression where it's more persistent and you weren't able to catch that you were slowly sleeping into this hole of depression, right? And so it affects you a little bit more harshly than just going and doing um, the talk therapy. So a psychotherapy, talk therapy is a mild um, form of like use for mild forms of depression. And you can also use talk therapy alongside the medication antidepressant medications that you might be on it all depends on the person that you're going to be working with they also have cognitive behavior therapy which has been extremely effective in treating depression and then they also say that it really helps cbt helps to focus on whatever problem and then solving that problem in the present time so I believe this is what I am like actively doing where I'll take a situation from my past and then plop it down like in my present and like work it out well what can I do now to kind of combat my feeling that's where I go to I want to combat the emotional feeling that I have attached to certain things. So if that sounds like what you want to do, um, (laughs) you can contact me and I could probably link you up with someone. But let's continue. Okay, so the cognitive behavior therapy also helps a person like Recognize distorted or negative thinking with a goal-changing thought or behavior um, to lead into a more positive way of thinking, of behaving, and acting. Hmm? Yeah. So this can be in groups or it can be in an individual session with a one-on-one therapist. Um, And it really just depends on the the length of time for how you choose to work it out, right? So when you feel like it's working, you're getting better, you're more positive, you are able to um, shift your thought process, right? That depends on you. 
then you also have uh <laughs> then you also have ECT which is electroconvulsive I hope I said that right um therapy right electroconvulsive therapy which is a medical treatment that is most commonly um reserved for patients with major depression and they have not responded well to other treatments it is the electrical stimulation of the brain while the patient is under anesthetics and they say that this can be two to three times a week and then they also have the total being like six to twelve treatments this is usually performed of course by a medical professional um, including a psychiatrist an anesthesiologist a nurse a physician assistant and it's been used since the 1940s and they really feel like it is the last resort I did hear about ECT. I do remember when I was taking uh, my nursing classes, I feel like we ran across this in one of these because I'm definitely remembering shock therapy and definitely have been seeing this in like um, TV shows now. But this is the last resort, the last option. You also have self-help and coping. I know that within therapy, you go through um, ways of coping um, because that in, that's embedded within your personality, how you cope with things. So, like, so for me, um, avoidance, right? I think that's my way of coping is to avoid, right? <laughs> and so avoidance, I can no longer avoid, right? Um, but the way that you cope with what you're going through, let's say things are not going your way. How do you cope with it? Do you become overly stressed, overly mad? You know, how do you feel while you're going through it? But how you cope, how you heal matters. What do you like to do? It matters. And that's what therapy is supposed to go through and help you with. It, it's helping you to find better coping skills because you might turn to a negative habit like smoking cigarettes as a coping way because a lot of people use this to relieve some stress, right? So they smoke a cigarette, they feel a little bit more calm and collected and that's their way of coping, but it's temporary. It's temporary, <laughs> yes it's temporary it's not a long-term fix and it has some damaging effects on the body so other ways that are more positive is i have to go back to art therapy and choosing different colors and kind of going through like how do you feel about this how do you feel about that um and writing or doodling or I want to say like finding what you used to do as a child that brought a lot of comfort to you, right? So as kids, we always know like what makes us happy, even if it's playing with dolls, 
right? So that's something that I like to do. So that's kind of why I'm mentioning it. I have daughters and with my daughters, I'm able to do um, pretend play and I can pick up and be a doll, right? And, and we can make these dolls say anything we want them to say. So I can say, hey, uh, would you like to go to the store because I'm hungry? And then we'll act like we're going to the store. So it's a way to um, really get out things. I mean, if you were to use it for therapy, which is commonly used in child therapy, um, act out scenarios. Um, and in my one of my sessions, I remember her, my therapist, you know, grabbing my hands, and this was like big for me because I'm not a I'm not a good toucher with everybody, right? Especially now, I like being in a very vulnerable state. I don't want to touch people because touch while you're vulnerable is even harder to do. But role playing, what would I want to say to this person? If I was this person, what would you say to me? Say it to me, right? So when you're playing with these action figures or dolls, you can bring in a scenario case of setting the scene and then acting it out as if this character is whoever you want it to be and then this character is whoever you want it to be and they go and have a dialogue conversation that is helpful because now you have the per- you have the understanding of what it could have gone like or what you want to say right so i'm i'm a big Ah, supporter. (laughs) I was like trying to find a word. I'm a big supporter of finding different ways to get those feelings out and address it and finding those words to describe how you feel and what you want to say. So that concludes this podcast, okay? (laughs) I hope that this podcast was definitely enjoyable, but I would love to know the opinions of like, how do you cope? What type of personality you have? And how do your personality help you to really understand your depression and to do something about it, to actively do something to deal with how you feel? And please, you know, like, comment, share if you think that this can help someone. Um, And leave me a message, a rating, you know, communicate back with me because I love to hear all the feedback. I love just knowing that this podcast was really helpful for some people and really able to get through to to people and the conversations that we're having are needed right they are welcomed so until next time i have to say bye and i am done with this podcast all of the information will be in the show notes below and i'll talk to you next Thursday. Bye-bye.